Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that examines history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're celebrating the summer season by looking at the rise of standardized tests. Sure, it's not as much fun as a trip to the beach, but you've got to start thinking about your future sometime. The day was June 17, 1901. The newly formed College Board administered its first standardized admissions exams, the precursor to the SAT. The examinations took the form of essay questions that were meant to test a student's knowledge in nine different subjects. English, Latin, Greek, French, German, history, mathematics, physics, and chemistry. There were no multiple-choice questions. For the first half of the 19th century, educational testing in the U.S. had been limited mostly to oral exams. Students would be questioned in person by the professors of whichever school they hoped to attend. This system worked well enough when the country was small and education was reserved primarily for the wealthy elite, but by the 1870s, oral exams had become much less efficient, prompting many colleges and universities to switch to written admissions tests instead. This removed the performance aspect of oral exams and saved time but it didn't make preparing for the tests any easier. Because each college now had its own separate exam, high schools weren't sure what to teach, 
since the different students would be applying to different colleges. Harvard President Charles William Eliot was among the first to envision a better way. In 1890, he began to champion a common standard for entrance exams, a written test that would be recognized and accepted by higher education schools across the country. It took a decade of convincing, but Eliot eventually got other schools on board with the idea. In 1900, he and 11 other college presidents banded together to form the College Entrance Examination Board, which was later shortened to just the College Board. It's worth noting that most of the original member institutions were elite universities located in the northeastern U.S. Harvard, Cornell, Columbia, and NYU, among others. Although class sizes had gotten bigger since the days of oral exams, the vast majority of students were still the product of wealth and privilege. At the time, only about 1 in 25 high school graduates went on to attend college. They were the select few who could afford it. The college board spent a year developing the admissions exam of its dreams, and on June 17, 1901, it was ready to be administered for the very first time. The exams were held over the course of five days at 67 locations across the U.S. and at two in Europe. The 973 test takers represented a wide range of schools, with 38% coming from private schools, 27% from public high schools, 22% from academies and endowed schools, and 13% from various other institutions. The College Board didn't go easy on its first crop of students. One question required students to explain the rules for five different Latin sentence constructions, and then to illustrate them by writing a Latin sentence for each one. Meanwhile, in the physics portion of the exam, students were posed the following problem. A balloon contains 300 cubic meters of hydrogen, each cubic meter of which weighs 90 grams. The material of the balloon weighs 250 kilograms. Each cubic meter of the surrounding air weighs 7,290 grams. How many kilograms, in addition to its own weight, will the balloon lift? If you had a hard time keeping track of that question, well, now you understand why written tests were such a welcome change from oral exams. When the 1901 exams were finished, the answer books were read and rated by experts in each of the nine subjects. Each test was then assigned a rating, either excellent, good, doubtful, poor, or very poor. The inaugural batch of test takers went on to apply to 23 different colleges or universities, and for many of them, the rating on their college board exams was the deciding factor for their application. The exams continued in much the same way for the next 25 years, but in 1926, the College Board began to administer a drastically different kind of test. The development of IQ tests in 1905 and their subsequent use in the military had piqued the interest of university officials. They wanted to know if so-called intelligence testing could be used in the college admissions process. And to find out, the board hired Carl Campbell Brigham, one of the psychologists who had helped develop intelligence tests for the military. With his expertise, the college board crafted and adopted a new kind of exam, the Scholastic Aptitude Test, or SAT for short. 
it was administered for the first time on June 23, 1926, and with that, the original college board exam was retired for good. The SAT proved a worthy replacement, but it's come under heavy criticism over the years. Many teachers, parents, and schools now question the long-standing reliance on the SAT and on standardized testing in general. And while the College Board has made changes to help address some of these concerns, the long-term future of standardized tests remains an open question. One thing's for certain though, most schools won't be returning to oral exams either way. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.